I've never caught a bat. Well, in high school, I took care of middle school. Girl. There's been a couple of times I've had to capture bats in in houses and get get rid of them. <laughs> Not I want fun, a though. video <laughs> of that. I want America's funniest home videos of Roman going. Ah, ah, that wouldn't be funniest home videos. That'd be America's most erotic home videos. <laughs> yeah, true. is the biggest urethra holy shit everybody welcome to batman in quarantine <laughs> the bat is back episode 68 bat is, bat. bat is back it's been quite a while everyone we took a day off for a holiday and then another holiday showed up and uh we figured you know what whatever it's a holiday let's just keep riding this thing out and i think what may come is a relief to everyone involved we've got enough positive feedback from everybody um couple local listeners, couple people writing on emails. They were like, just go to once a week. So I think we'll probably just do once a week on Thursdays moving forward, everyone. Um, also because my girlfriend and I now share a computer and she works in the mornings on several other days. So um, look for us Thursdays from now on as we finish these last 10 or 12 issues. I'm Jeff. I'm Django. I'm Roman. I'm Leviathan Agent 274469. Oh, crap. God. <laughs> He's <We've> been infiltrated. <laughs> They're everywhere. So you like this issue, huh? <laughs> this is issue I I... number three of Batman Incorporated, volume two, Grant Morrison, Chris Burnham, just so everyone knows. Justin, sorry to cut you off there. Oh, I was just, I wish I knew, like, Leviathan's gestorial, like, hail. For sure. But I, I don't want to go to the, is that, is that that? I made it crossing? up. Uh, oh, okay. You cross I... your forearms and a, and a plus sign symbol in front of you. There's one that's, you know, in our collective cultural memory that I don't want to do. So I'm just kind of throwing my hands around. And I think Leviathan, this is their, it. Their general salute is uh, like, it's like this. Like you bring your, your hand across your body and, and your open hand towards your body. Oh. And you ideally have a rag filled with chloroform <laughs> while you do it. In front of somebody Well else. played, Django. Um. You, Roman, please. No, no, I was just... The no, love of too, God. No, the, the moment's gone. Never mind. No, give it to us, Roman. I, I um, want them to have like a, a Leviathan salute that's just like a big arm wave thing to, to imitate like a like a pretty blue whale going through the water. Ooh. Like the dune worm. No, it's a... <laughs> no, no, like a whale, not a dune worm. They're scary. <laughs> Anytime I am um, taking a moment of silence and then starting a sentence that sounds like that it's just that i'm trying to move a moment along because i thought that the moment was dead so truly feel it and then talk over it because it's not there's nothing there roman um your timing is infinitely more important to mine which is just sort of like watching a worm squiggle underneath a boot um roman, you can be you can be a moment necromancer anytime you want you want a moment come back from the dead you do it baby no, oh, well, well, thanks. But what what would you guys do if Leviathan was was like infiltrating? I mean, how long would it be before you go over to Leviathan and join the winning team? Well, Justin, we've been holding off against Django for four or five years now. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I think I, I think that in terms of how long, I don't know. I, we haven't we haven't caved yet. Yeah. I would say nine inches. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he would. Yes. That's hardly considered a Leviathan. No, no. And it's aspirational at its core. (laughs) I do. This is exciting because we've been trying to record this episode for nigh on a week and a half, I think. And, you know, uh, I'm just, I'm glad that we're here now doing it all. Four of us matches Malone. This is, this is rad. Okay. So, so guys, let me, let me just tell you what I think happened in this issue because the the exact spot to spot we got a great three-page sequence here that sort of opens up just showing the infiltration of leviathan into gotham city schools politics very fight club-esque i I really love that scene but after that we're taken to a bar with a lady singing and we're introduced to match matches malone which is we know as batman in disguise 
he's talking to some some goonies i think that he's talking to those goonies because he wants them to be his like inside scoop of leviathan is that right Mm -hmm. yeah and uh and then like batman shows up to kind of continue the ruse that matches isn't him then we get back to the cave and batman's like nice work last night dick you look great in the cape and he's like i know and then we get a great shot of bat cow we go to three-eyed jacks where we see the same goat boy character from issue number one being bummed matches malone talking to him he's saying that like i have to gather these sacrifices for leviathan if i'm actually going to be in leviathan then for whatever reason he's like all right cool that's good my singer girl's not here tonight i'm going to take off then the singer girl calls him and says that this wake for these people that died the people that they talked to earlier in the issue someone's dead and and she's like this isn't a wake this is actually a spooky thing so matches malone goes over there and then she tricked did he get tricked again by another damsel another red-haired yeah. damsel mm-hmm. that's what he do yep and then that crew goat boy i get it like tricks him into being his sacrifice that he needs to make and then there's this great scene of you know damien as his uh his new his new what is it redbird identity <laughs> but like does is that all right does that all make sense like the the i guess that was sort of the who matches was talking to and what organization they were a part of to me i, I went through it all again just to be like wait as of Morrison fashion, sometimes I read an issue being like, all right, it doesn't quite make sense yet, but at the end, it's all going to click. And then sometimes I get to the end, I'm like, oh, I see why we got here. But I had to go back and be like, does the how that we got here all super track? Did I miss anything in that? I feel like I kind of did. I don't think you did, did you? No, I don't think so. Okay. I think this issue ties in pretty closely with the last issue. And it's been a week and a half since we read that. Um, the wake that he's going to is for the Brothers Grimm which is the one of the guys there was the guy that got dropped out of the sky in the last issue and the, his brother was in the boardroom yeah. um they're like a low part like new kind of lower tier crime duo slash family in Gotham. Okay. yeah and i think i think that this i i, I because remember last if if you remember last episode of Batman in Quarantine, I had Italia read this issue. one instead of that right. one. Right. Right. And so I kinda I was I was catching up with that one while we were doing the podcast and I was surprised at how much how much I was able to enjoy this issue number three totally separate, but then how much that Talia issue filled in, even though they both seem like very separate stories. Okay. Okay. So Okay, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. I don't think you missed anything. Okay, no. I, I loved all of it. I was just like, I wonder if closer eyes are more aware of just like maybe some of the, because at this point we are dealing with a lot of kind of like double crossing and uh, sneaking into different organizations. And, you know, you've got the auto nets and the spirals and the double, double agents. And I was just curious if I, like this, um, the little character fry small fry you know it's like do i know him is he from something what's 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 his deal Drop the small it's just fry i like that <laughs> lumia lux i love that that's her name it's a great name it's, it's a great very name. will eisner well it's it's very will eisner but justin i don't know if you know this going into this i i found this out and i was excited to tell you about it lumina lux both of her names refer to the latin word for light and come from the same root word as lucifer Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lux uh, Lux Perpetua is my favorite, like traditional Catholic prayer, which means eternal light. Interesting. I just loved. I was like, I love that we got Jezebel Jet has a sort of biblical tie-in to betrayal, and even this one has another biblical tie-in to Lucifer as the the root word, and just mm. I love it. You get those red-haired ladies <laughs> betraying Batman. <laughs> you think you'd learn, but you know he's got a weakness. It's I like that. I like that he's got like a weak spot for that, I, you know. And even, even I guess now that I'm thinking about it, the return of Bruce Wayne issue where he's the noir detective, like he gets double crossed in classic noir fashion by a damsel as well. So this is the third time in this Morrison series that that's happened. Are they all redheads? No, she wasn't a redhead. Oh, okay. actually, now that I think about it, I don't know. <clears throat> hmm. um, I really like that. Uh, you know, Fry doesn't believe that matches is necessarily the real 
McCoy because Matches was rumored to be dead, of course. Um, In Brian K. Vaughn's story, False Faces, collected in the False Faces paperback, the three-issue miniseries yeah. where he retconned Matches Malone. I, I woke up early today, boys. Nice I, try, uh, Matches. I did my recon, and Brian K. Vaughn had done some retconning with Matches and then seemingly killed him off, I believe. Um, tried to leave his mark on the Batman mythos, but Grant fixed that for us. You Fine, can't I'll just go just make man. Saga. <clears throat> but I love that uh, one of the things that Matches says is, oh, I figured the scent of my distinctive cologne. Like his smell is part of his disguise yeah and i wonder if that's going to come back later what like a smell is hard to get off of you so if you go from matches to batman Mm. like that could be something that tells you who somebody is right yeah matches musk i i sort of derailed a, a sort of going through this slowly by just seeing if i had missed anything but like from the beginning of this i think this first three page scene is you know, I clichely want to say masterful, but like, it's just, I loved that storytelling of just showing the infiltration of Leviathan within Gotham, but also Mm -hmm. it just felt so poignant with this current world that we're living in of like misinformation and canceling and just sort of like, we can just kind of put a banner on a person and just, I don't know, or just machinations of powerful people burning down other people. I, I think it was, it was so menacing while also being Chris Burnham cartoony art. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, yeah, it really was. I mean, the second panel of that, that girl, that woman that arrives in Gotham to start her new school teaching job. And just that second panel where she looks so, so gawking at Gotham, Gotham Central Station. And it's great. Yeah, she's just like in it. Like she gets, she gets taken, and then the next thing you know, she's like putting up the Leviathan banner and holding these kids at gunpoint to teach them this lesson. And yeah, well, yeah, and it does a good job. I mean, I mean, she was right off the train, and then she gets uh, disappeared and replaced. Yeah, yeah, with one of those British school teacher people. I think it does a really good job of um, just showing you the scope of it Mm -hmm. when when they're showing you like the judge waving to the cop. The judge continues outside. The businessman is a hydra, or a, sorry, Leviathan <laughs> agent. Uh, so I is love- the hot dog guy, and so is the dude selling fucking poems or whatever on the street. Yeah, I love the visual representation of the city at night and all the little red windows are Leviathan agents, just to show like how. Oh, I didn't pick up exceeded. on that. That's you're totally right. That's oh. great. You're right. They're just like yeah. working, working around the clock, doing their Leviathan thing. Every building's oh, nice. got a couple red windows. Yeah, nice catch, Justin. I, I didn't pick that up either. Thank you. Yeah, it's is, fucking cool. Is this song that Lumina Lux is singing, is that a song or is that something that Grant wrote for this? It's, it's something that Grant wrote. I Googled a lot of different combinations of those lyrics and couldn't find anything. And then I wrote, read some annotation of somebody being like, yeah, it seems like another classic Grant writing his own lyrics unless this is so obscure that it's nowhere on the internet. So other people well, have done the same thing. Do we know any musicians who could uh, maybe put this to music? Roman, you dabbled in keyboards. Yeah, you know what? I a little bit of the boron. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> true. You are. Yeah, I had a. <laughs> did I give you a boron? You did. You guys make. Which I need to get it. Which I need to get a tipper and learn. And learn everything's how to play about you, game. Django. I forgot. I gave you a boron with like that. It doesn't have like a Celtic ring around the rim of it. Yeah, yeah, it's my very dad, beautiful. I was just actually, I was just looking at. Yeah, I was just looking at it last night, thinking, "Damn, this is a nice gift." <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that I need, entirely. I need to learn how to play it. I was. I'll play the euphonium our, on the track. <laughs> it was hanging in our Celtic corner of my house growing up my whole life. Um, I really liked. It, uh, just oh. even on the first oh sorry roman please i i just remembered i mean morrison i wonder if this is a, a song that his band because he he was in a band when he, he was first started i think in in with comics yeah we'll get yeah, into that even songs even before that but yeah we'll get into that when we watch talking with gods all together at the end of this uh. podcast and talk about the grant morrison documentary but, so exciting. if he wrote this uh there's a bit about promising pearls Mm-hmm. and you'll be turned upside down well the issue is called around. the hanged man yeah, yeah which, which is the reference to the old card hanging yeah. upside down which um was the cover of the last issue right right and he's batman suspended. upside down 
upside Dang, down. Man. Um, what I on that first page that I loved is just that one panel of her saying it's the bottom left corner, but you're being groomed as slaves while the rich mock you with the eternal promise of a success you'll never achieve. That is so like even more poignant now. I mean, it's just like the undercurrent of capitalism in America throughout all time. But you know, this was coming out definitely around that Occupy Wall Street. You know, the when the conversation of like one percent seemed like first re reaching a fever pitch in my awareness of the world but on the back of that panel i love that there's a poster hanging that says pop pills instead it's got a marijuana leaf with a red <laughs> line through it and it says pop pills instead which is as a guy who smokes a lot of pot i love it because america says like no here's your painkillers here's your antidepressants here's all of your pills to get you addicted because it's essentially synthesized heroin by doctors but don't smoke pot, this naturally occurring thing. And it just right under the line of everything you've been taught is a lie. Love it. Right. And it supports an industry rather than yeah. a black market at the time. Exactly. And doctors are a racket. So yeah, I loved, yeah. loved that little line there. I took that as graffiti yeah. on the anti-weed poster. I, I didn't make the effort sure. to try and read it, but I, sure. I, I like that. I think the Jane sentiment's though, can you... the same. I mean, I mean, any of you, but this especially seems like a Django thing. Can you uh, can you can can you light a <laughs> can you light a match with your just your your thumbnail? No, but I've always wanted can you do to do it with your urethra. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to because I thought it'd be awesome to like hold a match next to somebody and pretend that I lit it on their cheek. Wow, <laughs> you're a real fuck. <laughs> oh gosh in the scene where he does light the match the way that the flame reflects the bat cowl in his glasses is awesome awesome yeah <laughs> beautiful stuff there thought i had some matches yeah i was gonna I've try always, to get us in a little trouble <laughs> i've always wanted to see you know oh man it'd be great if morrison did a story with just matches malone and and plastic man but just as his eel o'brien character and just the two mm. of them being being gritty in the city <laughs> I remember when this issue came out, I had a friend who was like a, like a kind of cynical friend who would be like, you know, like, I don't, you know, like, that's not, this character's dead over here. That power level doesn't meet up or these things like, and, and I remember like having this, this issue coming out and just sort of talking about how cool I thought it was that Matches Malone was in it, who was a character I did not know about until this issue, but I had to get online and find that out. And I was even like this issue, I think was kind of a, a key moment in me deciding that finding these kind of stupid by today's standards, silver age things, and then reintroducing it is cool. Like I, mm -hmm. yeah, like this issue kind of like taught me like, Oh, this matches Malone thing that would have been kind of dumb in this thing, you know, it is a seventies thing. Like to modernize it, it's cool to honor the history of the character. And yeah, I mean, I just, I appreciate this issue for, kind of setting me down that path of, of learning some things and realizing that the history of it is all very cool. It's a different fan who reads comics in order to compare the power sets from the back of the action figures versus somebody who's just there for, you know, more of the storytelling side of things. Mm -hmm. And that's like, I've never been interested in those conversations like, Oh, well, if you look at this chart, then uh, this character would definitely be able to punch this guy better. I just never cared. And a lot of people my age kind of grew up with those action figures and those stats being canon. Well, it's like, you know, like, you know, with, when you and Roman were growing up, because you guys are what, like six months apart from each other. Mm -hmm. And I'm 36. And, and he's 36 and a half. So, but, the, you know, the Marvel handbook, right? Like that was a <laughs> book that came out that even adults now come into our shop looking for, right? And mm -hmm. And I think because it was before the internet and stuff. So like, if you really liked things, you would buy these handbooks and stuff and your way of, I think it was, it's probably easier to kind of memorize stats and heights and everything to engage with it than it is to like hunt down Wikipedia articles of obscure things. Cause it didn't exist at the time. So I do yeah. get it, but there was a time in the comic shop where like, I don't know, a cover had come out and a customer came in and they're like, I'm just upset because they're drawing Wolverine is only like a foot shorter than Thor. And I was like, is that wrong? <laughs> it's like, he's supposed to be like three feet shorter. I was like, I don't know. <clears throat> I just don't. Yeah, there's, there's also like a, a personality type that wants to measure how realistic things are in not realistic situations. Like I, I had a friend who like, I 
lent him the killing joke and there's one scene where there's a poster on the wall and from the next panel the poster on the wall looks kind of different and the face looks a lot shittier than the <laughs> like the other panel and it like took him out of the story and he just kept pointing that out and i was like that's what you took out of this whole <laughs> thing like that that is the thing that killed it for you even though almost every other panel if you're just going from like a panel to panel like art basis is almost flawless the fact that one poster isn't in the right spot and the face looks different in comparison to like all the socio-political commentary and all the things that that book does that's like yeah if you're going to measure it on that level then nothing's ever going to be good you know i think like just given that the four of us like you know, are doing these podcasts i have been doing a podcast talking about individual issues for years you know i think that it's easy to confuse criticism with like commentary or critique right i think a lot of people feel like if they can point to something being wrong it can make them feel as if they're like an informed an informed reader or something yeah and you know i try i try really hard not to do that just on my like regular podcast because it's i think it's an easy trap to fall into right saying something falls short means that you identify the, the 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 topper version of it yeah, I think there's a place for some criticisms, but when you're constantly just trying to nitpick the thing as like not being valuable for your time, you know, I, I don't know if that's always good. Um, I think there's a way that like criticism can honor the medium as well. Exactly. Yeah. And it's it, not without it for sure. Roman, you've just been smiling to yourself over there for like 90 seconds. What's oh, going I've on? I've just been, I just, I just reading some of uh, um, Matt's dialogue and, and same as when I first read this, first few times I read I this. I, I, I have I a just, feeling which quote. I just imagine, I just imagine Batman has so much fun playing as matches Malone because he gets to do all this great, you know, film noir, tough guy, sleazy guy dialogue. <laughs> He's such a car salesman. <laughs> He's such a car yeah, salesman. You could imagine him. You could, yeah, you could just imagine him sitting in the Batcave going, oh, this will be a great line. I can never say this in my usual lives. <laughs> the, the definitively Roman line in this to me was, I'm like true love and nuclear war. There's nowhere to prepare for matches. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> yeah, that, that was a great line. And I love the one about send your mutt for some drinks. <laughs> Mine's club soda, at least until I'm through my antibiotic course. I can talk STDs all night. <laughs> yeah, another definitively <laughs> Roman comment. I just like how like Batman wouldn't drink, so he has some elaborate excuse of within the like matches tough guy thing yeah. that like of course he's on antibiotics for STDs. It's not that he just doesn't drink. <laughs> I have an O'Doul's. Yeah, and did you guys? I totally missed this part in the story. I didn't know it until. Geez, until I read the Cody Walker, uh, the Doc Walk essay on this issue. I fucking forgot um, about Doc Walk. I've been forgetting about Doc Walk I, on this second volume of Ink. There's been a lot of his I've forgotten and went and read read the appropriate essay like after we did the podcast. Um, but the part I missed that he pointed out to me was, and especially because Doc Walk, he pointed out, well, clearly these guys. And I was like, yeah, oh, fucking Doc wasn't clear, Walk. Wasn't clear to me at all. Um, matches when he confronts the two to the two thugs uh mattis has his own boys show up and i didn't realize those guys are um el gaucho and the mass and, and the hood and, and the and the hood and darkwing mm. or jeez batwing 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 not darkwing that's that's the duck sorry <laughs> yeah let's get I dangerous love, i love their whole thing Me they're too. like just kind of the characters but in reverse like the gaucho's still got the scar and he's licking knives and shit yeah <laughs> i think that gaucho panel is a reference to hitman that's what i was gonna ask Django. did it, did morrison do this before or after hitman and and uh what's his name um, this would have been after hitman i think and okay. there's a character in hitman in um in six packs team section eight his name is uh bueno oh he right, just right, does right perverted things and he <laughs> like that shot of um el bastarde licking his knife and saying excellent yeah. that reminds <laughs> reminds me of you talking about it. i i think the written the written inspiration there could totally be a thing but i also think that chris burnham 
was actively sneaking references to other comics into these issues and then engaging with people on Twitter about it. We haven't even still for sure tracked it down, but in the second half of Leviathan Strikes, there's a really clear Dark Knight Returns reference. And we were like, maybe it's the pit, the pearls. But I even spent this time this morning trying to track that one down again and couldn't find it because the Twitter tweet about it had been deleted but the one from this issue there was a bunch of people trying to track down he like burnham after the issue came out said like the whole silent scene of red wing going and knocking out all these guards is like an overt reference from a comic and he was just trying to see if people could figure it out and finally they did and i forget what the issue is but anyway here's the panel the page of it oh wow silent uh oh, that's cool i'll track down what the issue is while you guys are talking but is it a, like a batman comic or just no some... it's not it's not even batman i i dropped the so, ball by not remembering what it was just a second i'll track it down right now um i love when matches tells his his cronies to get away he snaps his fingers and the sound effect is scram yeah <laughs> that's awesome. yeah, that great <laughs> uh do you guys think that her referring to him as sir galahad some sort of implication that i'm too lazy to discover Sure, right, Roman Galahad, the knight. Hey, Galahad, yeah, could be. I mean, he, earlier, I mean, just the page before that, he, he's told uh, Small Fry, Fry that just Fry now. Nobody recalled matches. <laughs> yeah, nobody recalled matches Malone a knight in shiny armor. And Sir Galahad, like oh. in the Green Knight, is doing all of his trials for love. He's like, he's a good boy, and he's doing it for a woman. Okay. Just, I just, I love that. that, that yeah, that page uh, was from Strange Tales 179, an early chapter in Starlin's Warlock saga. Huh? Like Burnham went wow. out and just overtly made that tweet finally after Same somebody finally getting arrangement. it. That's cool. But yeah, the Galahad thing, I was like, I'm excited to hear Roman and Justin know what that is because I just remember like the Green Knight and Galahad coming up in Once in Future. Although, did you guys notice the Three Eyed Jacks Twin Peaks reference? You Galahad boys. <laughs> oh, There's is that also... what that is? I, I thought that name. One-eyed Jax was the, was. the uh, hidden bar okay. that Audrey Horn's dad ended up secretly owning and then almost having sex with her. In I don't know if anybody read likes Twin Peaks. The Ginny Hex special this week, but there's a character who goes by Three-eyed Jack in that as well. And I want—I don't know if that's an older DC character or not. Well, some people hypothesize that that's a reference to the Joker, since Jack is the Joker's name all the time, and like third eye for the Joker seeing the plot. I don't think that's. I think it's a Twin Peaks thing personally, but I thought it was interesting. Like the logo. Oh yeah, Justin, you and I have been talking around getting a tattoo for a while. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be our match. Oh yeah, <laughs> thread jacks. Django, I just cut you off because I was getting a little <laughs> horny about being being one with Justin. Uh, we ha- we haven't got there yet. It's okay. it's a couple pages from now, but there's a discussion about um, Dark Tower, and mm-hmm. you were saying that Burnham worked the Dark Tower garbage in as kind of a joke for his local shop, mm-hmm. and then it turns into something that's part of the story. Yeah. Um, and you just said something that made me think that that could be another. God damn it. Twin Peaks. Sorry. Uh, no, oh, no, no. Three eyed, three eyed jacks. Sure. Like, I wonder if that was a Burnham or a Morrison choice. Yeah, that's a, it's a good point. I, what I really am enjoying about this is it seems like Burnham is freely, like, I, I, I wonder if the script was, hey, follow the Strange Tales panel, or Burnham was like, I got to do a silent beat em up thing, so I'm going to mm-hmm. follow this. I kind of think it's a Burnham thing. Like, I, I think he's having a lot of fun with sneaking references with things in although dark tower is a trickier one because that actually those wording is coming into the script here mm-hmm. whereas it just being it was a, just a visual throwaway gag earlier but I, I wouldn't be surprised i think morrison really likes you know feeding off of other people so i you yeah. know yeah. bat cow got a bat cow in here boys bat cow love a bat cow. still got his little band-aid on from where he got shot in the ricochet bullet <laughs> he reminds <laughs> me a lot of my cat merle your cat cow <laughs> Hey Roman, got a got a little thing for you. I, I really liked in this issue. Do you see Bat Cow? Yeah. Do you see right below Bat Cow, and then to the right where Batman is walking off to his Matches Malone window, like a 1960s 
club singer like he's got the eliminate illuminated makeup window with like, oh, his yeah. on it in the like yeah just the, the idea mirror. that batman has a portion of the cave that is specifically <laughs> for his makeup you love something um I, yeah i love the fact because because back when they used to do matches all the time in the 70s and and not just matches but other stuff where like batman would disguise himself as some old hunchback lady on the street or something he he would often go to his makeup mirror section of the <laughs> so, so that was a thing that makeup. has existed in the past i think it has because yeah Good yeah because back when part of the whole batman thing was his master disguise stuff which they got from sherlock holmes um yeah he had to have a <laughs> place to apply all the makeup and, and and store all the makeup and disguises and wigs and stuff he's fucking insane like just thinking about like he has yeah. this little makeup <laughs> subsection of the cave that he goes around the corner away from his family that are talking to, him <laughs> to go put on his little makeup thing to not be batman but to be matches it's just like, like another layer of just insanity you just can imagine so he's got all like a whole bat closet like, has, <laughs> has a whole bunch of, has a whole bunch of wigs and he treats them just like you know what's her name on Shit's creek and yeah. <laughs> don't touch that one. Oh my god <laughs> um Justin, I wonder if this is similar for you because as I'm thinking about it, this issue was a kind of a, a critical turning point, like I said, about kind of loving those references to hokey Silver Age stuff. But I wonder if you similarly, you know, this time in play, you also read a whole bunch of Chuck Dixon stuff, so I could totally understand you <laughs> digging, like digging homages to things. I just had no reference to kind of a whole smattering of the past, but I, I came into Morrison and Roman Statler at the same time. No, and, and I think that you know, like it's one thing to be like, I really like this book, and there's Matches Malone. It's another thing to then go into the comic shop and have the guy at the comic shop be like, "It's Matches Malone," <laughs> this, like you know, like I, I just I I think that Roman exudes like such a I, I think that I don't think it was just Morrison. I think Roman and Morrison both imprinted upon me at a very like you know susceptible time for determining what types of comic book storytelling i like and roman just loves like i read all these things you know i've read all of these things so he knows it all uh it's matches malone and what if they made a comic with matches malone? <laughs> well, I just, uh -huh. yeah like i, I remember <laughs> talking to roman about matches that he I, I probably heard about matches malone that being awesome before i did a wikipedia article you know i, I bet roman was like you're gonna like this one you know <laughs> um and it's just like what a what a weirdly spirit of grant morrison you are to have at a store one guy yeah. one came into the comic shop and for several weeks just kept stressing every comic shop shop needs a roman statler and i could not fucking agree with that more so everyone <laughs> who's out there in the world uh make sure your comic shop has a roman statler I think he, For sure. that guy even expanded it and said every store, even Macy's, needs a Roman <laughs> I agree with that. I agree. Yeah. I've tried on every boot since the 30s. Every single perfume we've ever had. <laughs> Let me tell you, back in 1939 when we had the original Macy's makeup counter here, <laughs> it was right next to the soda jerk. Oh, the soda jerk. You should have seen the dames. Uh, the uh, dames. Look, if we go back one page from Batcow... I Please. hate to jump back and forth, but there's this map of the conspiracy that looks a whole lot like the multiverse map to me. Yeah, it's the proto-multiverse. Can I tell you is something? It, or is it after? This is definitely is before multiverse. Way before, yeah. 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 Okay. And yeah, visually, it, it definitely, you know, it's circles and stuff. But can I, tell you, can I tell you a stupid thing about me, folks? This happened one other time in this run. But uh, that picture of on the far right like wing rider or night night wing or who is that night wing wing man wing man that's the cover to the next issue yeah but that image hasn't occurred in an issue yet or on a cover yet they just know that they have the cover art for the next issue so they put that in there and uh i know i know nothing wrong with that no criticism to be cool here but i was like that's the cover to the next issue like that that hasn't happened yet how do you have that on that screen that's dumb that's very dumb but it, oh i like that yeah like i'm sorry like i'm dumb for pointing that out rather like i think doing it is fine but i'm dumb for being like that's the cover for the next issue <laughs> that cover must be a file photo that they 
pulled from the the bat computer archives and put on the next issue's cover oh it's okay, an old cool. picture it's like the man was, of the year i was just assuming it was a file folder on dan didio's disc drive where he was oh. like Shit, we need some pictures of these characters so let's move this future cover in <laughs> future state i, just, I really something. liked going through all those images and placing all of them <clears throat> it yeah and it's interesting that one of the things that doc walk mentions is that uh and he makes a, a kind of a deal out of is that dark side and the hyper adapter aren't pictured mm. on the on this map but i think well why would they be because this is all stuff that's directly tied into leviathan or or sideways tied into leviathan and those two things are kind of cosmic mystical symbolic so those wouldn't be on the map i wouldn't think batman i, I don't think batman would put those on the map I think you're right like and i even just interpreted it as going back here i was trying to look for bits that showed more like the first 15 issues of the run. And I was like, oh, the earliest stuff here is sort of the black glove, which is probably within that first 15 issue range. But I was kind of hoping to see things as far back as like big muscular spawn Bane Batman and stuff. <laughs> um, but I could see why they would, I, I agree. I think like Dark Side is more of this, he's the force that is maybe causing all of this to happen because he's the embodiment or the existence of like negativity and evil thought. Um, but he's not necessarily a button you point to on a map to say, here's our bad guy. Yeah, yeah, he's not part of the whole deductive process. Can somebody tell me who, and this is this is just going to show how many comics I read in any given week, who's the genocidal madman that Damien is saying he killed and is being punished for? Nets. Nets. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah. <clears throat> Do we still think the Joker is dead? Um, isn't there a new Jimmy TIV Joker book coming out? I mean, uh, it's the most the twisted that thing I've comic. ever done for DC Comics. <laughs> <laughs> it's Vanilla Bean. <laughs> <laughs> um, he he he's just MIA. Okay, but uh, but he got buried in a coffin. Like that's Mister Hurt got buried. Yeah, Doctor Hurt got buried in the coffin. Joker ran up, and Joker do, got away. Joker. Hey. I think Mr. Hurt is definitely how we should be. <laughs> yeah, Mr. You know, Hurt. Mr. Hertzies. <laughs> Joker got away. Joker hey. Did run away? Man, Jango, Jango I read too many comments. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Oh, man. I, yeah, just like, the, I just turned the page and saw the Three Eyed Jacks logo in the window. Oh, no. Batman. I'm oh, sorry. sorry. I hadn't noticed before. It's got, it's got three eyes like Leviathan. Mm-hmm. Does Leviathan have three eyes? Well, well, I guess th- I meant I should I said that wrong. It's got eyes on it, like Leviathan oh, uses in the symbol. Okay. Um, so what were you saying, Justin? Oh, Joker got ran. away. Hey, uh, yeah, <laughs> Batman punches him and puts him in Arkham at the end of Batman or Robin. There's oh. like a he runs away from killing Mister Hurt, um, <laughs> Mister Hoitzies, Mister Hoitzies, and he he clocks him real good in classic fashion and drags him to Arkham. So that's where he is at this time. Okay, that was all the same issue, and I jumbled I jumbled top hats and uh, father's masks together in my head, I guess. And not Why? only that, but I think I think because Justin just spurted it in my head, but I feel like it was a Fraser Irving panel of them like throwing him in or something. And just yeah, who, you know, a Fraser Irving panel you appreciate for its beauty, but it's hard to be like exactly what moment came before. Now, <laughs> yeah. so. Hey, I just wanted to bring up in that three eyed jacks and this could be a nothing thing. Um, there's the graffiti around that sign. There's a, an alchemical symbol I recognize, but don't remember exactly which one there is. Cause it's just like a gajillion of them. Is that the one with but, the triangle on the top? Mm-hmm. It's, okay. I think it might be sulfur, but it, that's just bullshit. Um, but but I, that's, I like that idea because sulfur is tied to like brimstone or hell or burning. And then we've got this place, which is like, I can, I can see that. I might even have the a dictionary of the symbols on me as we speak. Um, but there's a thing that said, looks like it says Noah. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like that word's cut off there. I wonder Oh, why oh, Noah whale... Yeah, yeah, so okay, so as soon as you said that, I was like, yeah, he lived in the whale, but then I remember Jonah is the one that lived in the whale. Noah yeah. built the ark to, to like oh. withstand the flood. Right. But yeah, it's still the ark, the place that withstands the flood, the security from the flood, it's raining outside. This is a a place of I, yeah, I don't know. Justin, I, I I I don't hate where your head's at. I don't I don't hate that at all. Yeah, I'm very curious. So it's 
Yeah, and the name of the place, that's got to be a clue, too. The Three-Eyed Jacks. I mean, there's... Well, that's the... Yeah, maybe. That's the Twin Peaks reference, I was thinking, is what all it is. But maybe it is. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, but also, of course, I think my head's trying to link it to the playing cards and and the Jack and the stuff that was in the Joker Black Love storyline. Where the fuck? Hey, I've I've enjoyed that, like, rain is such a prominent feature of this half. And, like, even to the... I love Burnham's rain. Yeah, and, like, the first issue has the future scene of Batman in the graveyard with all the rain falling. He's like, it all got (laughs) fucked up, Gordon. And it just seems like every time we're outside after that, it's raining. And I, I think that's an interesting... Huh. Like, you know, Justin just saying Noah or Jonah kind of like makes me feel like the Noah, the Ark, it's raining. We're approaching some sort of like end times or some pivotal moment with which the world's going to be swallowed by water or something. You know, there, I think, or maybe it's nothing, but I appreciate the implication of it. Yeah, I think you're right. There's, there's, some, there's something there tying in with all that, leading to that. It is the symbol of sulfur, but it's bastardized. It's got one too many hatches. There's only right. one, and so that's curious. But Good I memory. Almost, I almost feel, and this is just my head putting too many things together, but I feel like I've come across that that symbol is associated, sulfur, alchemical sulfur, might be associated with the Al Ghul star. Oh, there's also right next to it is the top of the symbol for Regulus, the crown, like the the three spikes. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All I know is that I Googled that and uh, I will not and cannot interpret anything from it. (laughs) And I refuse to play any further games. (laughs) We are literally picking apart every piece of graffiti on A wall and A panels. There's also just a singular D from Daredevil's logo, but it's on its side <laughs> left. The GRB and RB. It kind of looks like a head of a penis, like a phallic oh. symbol for creation. <laughs> oh, it's one of those worms from Dune. <laughs> <laughs> the urethra. The Django. I like uh, the zoom in on the bad girl's eye, you know, as they as they put the, the thing over uh, matches malone thing but it just reminded me of again the al ghul constellation and when um you know talia had that same double page from the previous issue where it zooms in on her eye like i I like that we've continued to kind of revisit the eye as a thing that we zoom in on it's uh just about four pages from the end six pages love that visual motif okay so we skip we skip the page of alfred in the taxi cab oh Oh, sorry yeah in that page yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm schizophrenically jumping all over here. Not, so. not that there's yeah. anything really. I mean, it's just a cool scene because Bruce is in the back of the cab and he's, he's all his identities. He's Matches and he's Batman and he's Bruce and he's using all of them at the same time because he's speaking as Matches, but he's changing into Batman. And furthermore, he states that he knows where Leviathan HQ is at that point, but then because of the phone call that he gets, he goes somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But like, was he headed yeah. to confront Talia? Like, what you know, what was... Interesting. Hmm. I think he's got a longer game. Yeah. I thought he was joking. Up. Well, he had just got, and it sounds like the conversation that he'd had with Goat Boy, which is a Bill Hicks reference that I forgot to mention last time. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, he references that he like knows where they are. Okay. I mean, at this point, everyone's Batman's just got to like there's a handful of locales that people go to in Gotham and you just whittle them down. It's either a toy factory, you know, or the crime alley. Parents yeah, got yeah. Murdered. yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I did actually, Jeff, when you brought up uh, Lumina, Lumina Lux, her, her eye There's there in between her two eye panels, it shows matches doing the door knocker of Baphomet. With the Baphomet third has, eye there. It has three eyes there, which I don't, does he usually have three eyes? Well, I don't think so. I don't think so either, uh, yeah. So there's your three-eyed Jax motif again. Hey, Roman, I was, badass. I was really proud. This final, the final page with matches in this court scene is like very nightmarish and weird and almost a little out of nowhere, but he goes into this room and like Fry, who's no longer small, is, is also no longer alive. But there's this like crazy court scene 
And I had to look up Jack Ketch because I was like, that name sounds really familiar. And I'm sure it's no surprise to Roman that he's this hugely famous executioner from the 1600s that is a bit of a celebrity. However, he hasn't been in DC Comics recently. He was in the original Metal issue number two. There was this crew called the Immortals. Um, and it had a bunch of immortal characters that seemed to be existing outside of like the Metal sphere world but anyway i just thought so jack catch catch is the hangman who's appeared in comics before he's also in fables and he was this famous executioner from british history um and who then is here and then gets reused in metal and all of that i thought was a pretty interesting thing i yeah i did too because i had to look that up too because i couldn't remember why that name sounded familiar and and I think it's really interesting that the reason he was first infamous as a as a executioner was because he wasn't a very good executioner. Oh, and, and he first became his name was first known, and he was kind of ostracized because he uh, like fucked up some executions where they had to like drop the guillotine or or the axe. Whatever, I think he was using an axe. He had to do it like chop like three four times before he actually got through the guy's neck <laughs> and, kind of a elmer the chicken situation here yeah yeah and the, and the and the crowd was like i guess i didn't know this apparently the crowd was was horrified at it because you know they were great for watching executions and enjoying that as long as you did it right the first time if you had to keep hacking then they were disgusted <laughs> yeah also i think it's the third time but maybe only the second, but the third time in like two months that Django has brought up Elmer the Chicken on a podcast. And in life. <laughs> you in forgot life. the you forgot so far. So far. <laughs> right, right. Look for okay, look forward to that recurring gag in Batman in Quarantine. <laughs> yeah. And Burnham also- loves teeth. Yeah, I mean, geez, the, the the way he draws matches head inside the bag suffocating, and for some reason he's still lighting the match. I don't know if that's supposed to be a signal to somebody or what i also thought it was i didn't get this the jack catch ended up was so popular he ended up being a character in punch and judy shows and that's what this nightmare image here is that's that's punch up there as the judge from oh, the old yeah. punch and judy uh puppet shows which were just all about humor and violence and abuse of between punch and judy it's like itchy and scratchy when puppets were television yeah, yeah. Glad I'm not there for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, he he was the namesake for the second Ghost Rider, Danny Catch, right? Oh. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah, if there's yeah. a connection, but it's the same last name. It's a catch Nechkin. Yeah, and spelled yeah. the same. So yeah, I, I bet it is. Good catch. Ah! <laughs> I knock him up. You set him down. No. <laughs> not with you and your chickens Django your chickens and your defrauding people who want to be celebrities by stealing money from them my yeah. huge I got, I gotta look up this chicken things I don't know what Django's don't don't <laughs> you know what I've often like as a, an image that used to happen in my mind that hasn't happened in 10 years and has now happened is what if like you know you've got people standing on a like a landscape a field of green and you're you know looking at them far off and you can see them they're probably like 100 yards away and then a giant cock from the sky comes down and runs into the earth and it shatters it a little bit and the urethra is right over where the human being was and then it ascends back to heaven and the person is gone like the urethra that's, ate it that's what happens in alien abductions okay sorry so yeah that's that's why I'm... it's gone that giant circumcised cock from the sky took that man it swallowed him up yeah the, the, the way i picture that as jeff was describing it was an animation off Monty Python. Yeah, like the flat stuff. Something a little dirtier than usual. I just imagine the urethra like makes a vacuum noise and like as it's above you, you start to get pulled up into it. You're like, no! I just want to be clear. Yeah, you would. I have a huge urethra, but it is proportional to the rest of my anatomy. (laughs) Right, right. So he Uh wants you to know that while his urethra is enormous, the piece that houses that vacant, vacant hole is also a very large earthworm from Dune. (laughs) No one will love me. (laughs) 
the spice must flow. <laughs> um, and then the red robin, uh, sorry, the the robin uh, red red wing outfit is Redbird. the chicken finger. Redbird, thank you. Yeah. Did Redbird uh, ever? I can't sorry. remember. Well, I guess we'll find out next issue if Redbird appears more than He's for a couple times here. <laughs> one of the cooler, like Robin esque, you know, adjacent character costumes in a long time. I like it a lot. Oh yeah, it, it's way cooler than. Oh, what did? I uh, sorry, I was gonna make a joke about the current <sighs> Drake. Drake. It's, way, it's way cooler than Drake. The duck and the it's, new Spider-Man outfit. It's yeah. a very Chris Burnham costume too. Well, my book has the them working on the character designs for it. I wonder if yours does. Mine is a comic book. Mine oh, right. A floppy, floppy issue. It's got like all of the. It's it's like it's not as big as Jeff's together working on it, but like just different oh, cool. costumes, oh, different so helmets, cool. and then all the different ones. And it's got the little. I love that. Yeah. Um. It actually, it's, I think it's interesting. Morrison's note is just a really vague scribble, like he always does with his <clears> scripts. Um, <laughs> like an image where it says, uh. Like Damien's original look from Batman 656 to 658, but with red where it was white, an added cape with leather flap overlapping the feathers. Helmet, maybe? How to do a dynamic Redbird emblem? Red chest, reverse suit colors? Question mark. Chris, this is all I have for Redbird. Damien's new ID. See what you can do with the basics. He'll be mostly in the shadow on the covers. That I is love super that. cool. The, the Redbird logo... It's kind of knocked out of the black leather. Like it, it. I, I didn't even realize that there was a logo on there at first, but the the red on the front is his logo, and it sort mm. of bleeds into the rest of it. It's that it's that trick that I love. Like on old, I had an old Sandman shirt. It was a black shirt with all of the endless standing there wearing black, and they didn't print any black. They just let the the background of the shirt be the color of the characters. And this costume does the same thing. Great What's perspective. What's interesting in there. That is, is that right. Django had a Sandman shirt? Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Yeah. <laughs> I want my Sandman shirt back and I want my Lobo shirt back. I was about to move on from Justin. That was the same thing I want to say. It was like, you don't like Sandman. <laughs> Enough to have a t shirt. Yeah. <laughs> that final page. Me. <laughs> More Burnham puts these great perspective shots in. And I think that's one of the great indicators of like just his artistry beyond his experience at this point. Like that, the, the way he throws those dog heads in there that are like mm -hmm. at the camera going towards it. There's just, I, I just, I'm so impressed by him shooting at shooting for the stars with this series. And I read the first couple issues of Die Die Die, which is his current project of the last several years with Kirkman, and I just kind of bounced off it because I didn't love that writing. Although I do love Kirkman's more soap opera stuff. But Django, what can you, unless Roman is also reading Die, Die, Die right now, could, like, could, would you care to do a 30-second spot contrasting Chris Burnham's current work with this stuff? Does it feel, my perception is that it feels like there's a little less going into it, but also maybe I'm just not reading Die, Die, Die. I don't know if there's less going into it. It's leaning more into the gore and more into the kind of cartoonish side of things. Like, this is pretty grounded. This This looks like it... I would say that his new art is to this Batman Incorporated art as his Batman Incorporated art is to Frank Quietly. So like it's different and there's been a progression, but they're not super far apart, if that makes sense. Hmm. Do, I, do I still have time? Because I could do a dick joke. Oh, urethras. <laughs> about your dick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... I'm interested. I, I, I want to read Die, 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 but I don't know really how much I would actually love the story. But I'm curious, does anybody else have some other thoughts in here? Like Roman, you know, you patiently let three very loud boys make penis jokes over you, but you are Matches Malone. Is there anything that has been glossed over that, you know, please? Roman is better at karate than Matches Malone. Karate. Matches Ramon. <laughs> oh. Matches Ramon Villalobos. That, that's because I can see better because I can take off my, my sunglasses at night. Tango, that makes up for every dick joke you made on this podcast that matches Ramon. You just put me back to square one, motherfucker. Enjoy your box. <laughs> the box that we've put you in. No other connotations associated with that. The, the kill box. Oh, A good cut. A good cut. Hey. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I want to start doing next issue already. Me too. <laughs> okay, well, maybe we shouldn't do once a week. <laughs> like, I'll do more. I don't know. <laughs> we'll end sooner is the problem. And then all of our yeah, friends yeah, that we've made true. on this will be left alone, and we won't have this wonderful interaction with all these people that I've come to love. Oh, speaking yeah, of which. Keep it, let's keep it once a week. Let me get the emails open here. Ooh, hey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just this podcast is called Batman in Quarantine. We started it in this pandemic that's tied to this sort of in my life something that's never happened. Django and Roman are thirty six, only a, a touch older than us, but I don't feel like anything has ever happened like this in their lifetime. So that's really seen cool. This since nineteen eighteen. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's really cool that I feel like this project started out of it, and this all <laughs> of the people listening to it, um, you know, have found it during this pandemic that was an attempt for me to say if anyone listening to this is getting the vaccine let us know what like fuck yeah if anyone listening to this got the vaccine send us I'm an email in our mouths and we just want, be like want. bam vermont's got vaccine texas has vaccine scotland's got vaccine. uh i would love to hear it just because i kind of tie this whole podcast to the pandemic and if we're doing this once a week i feel like we'll probably finish it up around the time that more and more people are getting vaccinated although here in america maybe not until 2020 will there be a useful amount of vaccine so who knows but share with us 2022 what did i say 2020 yeah that already happened 2022 is what i heard like like an embarrassing amount of time from now yeah we're just getting into some cool like like uh backwards time stuff within the podcast just like within the morrison stories and it's morrison think is taking over us too oh yeah Django, how did 1918 work out did that turn out fine took a while to shake everything out of his urethra uh, when you have an urethra that long you really have to sort of bat it around and hope that those but the the plus side is that guy never has to worry about kidney stones hey guys from andrew carlson regarding issue number two of batman incorporated Really loved this issue and I had a few points I wanted to bring up that were particularly memorable for me. Let's bring Andrew Carlson, friend of the show, on here via email to just sort of unload his thoughts. One, the constant, constant focus on Talia's eye, the eye of Gorgon. Loved it. Two, Talia's little drawing of Roz as she runs down the stairs to greet him. I think Roman brought that up. <laughs> Three, the ability to instantly recognize the fortune teller as Melisande, Talia's mother. Wow, Roz did her dirty. Number four, the battle scene in the underground London base was awesome. Roz's clap claps once, and in the blink of an eye, Talia has killed everyone. Wowzers. Five. Damien Dark? He showed up and kidnaps Talia? How fun. He is the CW shows. <laughs> Neil McDonough. <laughs> Donna? He, I don't know. CW plays him. Best in Legends of Tomorrow. Very good. Six. Guys, come on. Batman is literally holding his disguise. He was the little old lady in front of them on the train. Good lord. I know, I loved it. Um, I mean, the, he, he literally, that panel is taken from the original issue. Seven. She was definitely letting herself get regularly kidnapped so she could let Bruce rescue her. I mean, why else? It was so well done. Oh, I didn't think about that. Hmm. Eight. The inclusion of the, maybe she drugged him, maybe she didn't, was handled very, very well, referencing Talia drugging Batman. Like, did she just give him a stimulant or increase to increase his sperm count, or what? What's his logic train? Or did she give him two potions? Is it the same thing? Uh, one of the healing snakes, one of the love potion? The whole idea that she has put Damien in almost the exact same situation her own father put her in, and Burnham's gorgeous capturing of that, down to the red room with the lines, Talia and Damien both seeing their fathers die and return before their eyes, even being somewhat rejected as soon as the return from death, constantly missing parental figure, always the second thought to the one that they truly love, Roz loving his ideal world and Talia loving Bruce Wayne, man. Anyway, love your episode on this. Had to bring up a few things I thought you missed. And I'm so fucking excited for Matches Malone. Goddamn, thanks for everything that you do. Andrew Carlson, I just want to add that you sent a message to us on like Monday to me. And he was just like, I am so glad that you're not recording any <clears throat> podcasts right now. Um, <laughs> because that's the day that Batman and Quarantine would have gone up and uh, Perfectly Acceptable Podcast would have gone up. And thank you for that encouragement. And um, yes. And I got one more email, everybody. Great catches, Andrew. Fucking awesome. Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Andrew. Especially that hot bit about Roz and Bruce and Talia, like the kids always being rejected and second. Neglected. God damn it, Justin. I just wish that you and I could get back into our giant bed. Oh. Giant cyclical bed. Justin and I had planned for years and then finally built this sort of stone temple with a giant cyclical bed in the middle that has a hexagonal table in the middle of this giant cyclical bed 
thing where we, one of the two of us will wake up. It's usually Justin will wake up, find a yak, kill the yak, gather the milk the yak, milk first. the yak, then kill the yak, <laughs> cook the yak meat, cook it on the table, and I wake up to the smell of fresh yak meat and yak milk. And it's just been so long since we've been able to be shirtless together. Um, well, we can't get to the airport to fly to the temple. That's my point. That's my point. Lift and the all that the, yak the milk. Is got, it's got a, it takes longer to sour the yak milk than a normal cow's milk, but it's sour by now. It is. We got that butter yak milk. Yeah. Oh, that yak butter. <laughs> uh, we got a message from Chris Murphy, the one and only, the man that we love, who's got a perennial invitation to a perennial invitation to our <laughs> stone uh, yak chapel. Um, Chris Murphy. Hello, quarantine. I hope you all had a warm winter holiday and that the 20 2021 is filled with light and laughter a few quick little bits to share about the second volume of batman inc so far regarding number one the cab driver super sniper calling himself goat boy credits comedian bill hicks for his name chris murphy doesn't surprise me that you also like bill hicks thank you bill hicks was the first adult stand-up comedian i ever listened to my sister's friend from australia sent me a dvd copy of it when i was 12 my parents didn't let me watch it and i would watch it alone <laughs> at night because bill hicks is foul and i love him for those of you who don't know bill hicks was one of the greatest comedians ever i haven't read this email so um like ever ever he died too young and was very much of his time and apparently was the inspiration behind goat boy interestingly enough according to garth ennis and steve dillon's preacher number 31 november 1997 hicks is also the inspiration behind jesse custer breaking away from anvil of attached scans in fine jesse custer before being possessed by genesis was a down and out texas preacher struggling to hold on to his faith one night momentarily drunk he stumbled into a bar and saw bill hicks i've heard that bill hicks is in preacher Custer was so struck by Hicks's integrity and honesty that he decided to dust himself off and stop living a lie. That set the stage for the action to come. If you liked Preacher, I reckon you, you'll like Bill Hicks and vice versa. Following on to that, there is on not Netflix a documentary called American. It's a documentary about Bill Hicks, and it is a fascinating portrait of a Texas boy raised by a religious family who becomes one of the most incredible comedians ever. Two quick baits about number two. First, when Tiny Talia is kicking pines in the woods, a la year one, this is Grant giving us the subtle message that Bruce is going to be outclassed by Talia. Yes, Bruce kicked down trees too, but he was a young man at that point. Talia is just a little kid when she's doing it. In fact, all the training we're seeing her do in number two tells us that Talia has been working at things longer than Bruce has and excelled more quickly than Bruce has. That is going to come to bear sooner than later. Second, Talia's lair, the one that formerly belonged to Fu Manchu. This isn't the first time Grant has shown us this lair. We first saw it in Batman 656. Thank you, Chris. To recap, in that issue, Batman was captured by the Ninja Man Bats, and he awoke in Talia's hideout beneath London. Batman quips, let me guess, Daddy got you this place for your 18th birthday? Talia answers, 18th, or 16th birthday. Talia answers, 18th, actually. No, wait, you're right. And if we flip back to Batman Incorporated 2, that scene totally plays off as her 16th birthday present. Another awesome bit of internal continuity from Monsieur Morrison. Take care, gang. Thanks for your ongoing work. Chris Murphy, the silent sixth member of the podcast, if we're actually giving the fifth chair to Doc Walk. Um, thank you continually for that. I just, I just read that. Sorry, you guys want to process that? I love it. Uh, that, that's that issue that he's talking about where that, that lair first appears. Is, the, is that the first appearance of Robin? Uh, Damien? Maybe. It's either his first appearance or the, 655, 656. So okay. it's the very beginning of that run. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. It's that man bad issue, I think. Oh, I love all these people that listen <clears throat> to this show and send That's us so emails. Cool. It's so heartwarming. Need to get on the Facebook group tonight. And then, um, did, I, yeah. I, I, lo I love that he calls us the, the quarantine. I yeah, he does. Yeah, I love awesome. it. Yeah. <laughs> did we know? Because it was such a shitty name that I had to create last minute. So I'm just so oh, glad people great. have done. It's, it's not. It's, awesome. it's fucking it. not. Okay. So well, many thank you, cool. everyone. So many little Morrison connections in there. Well, there weren't when I chose it. <laughs> <laughs> there weren't when, when Morrison chose them either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you watch your fucking mouth, Django. <laughs> threads. He's good at setting up threads. Um, did we know that they had used Batman's DNA to create Tractor? Well, I don't think that we should cover that right now because we're dancing on a spoiler. Yeah, but we don't. We could explain that. I I, I thought don't know anything beyond was... what I've read in. Oh here. wait, wait, sorry, not Tractor. I didn't interpret that as Tractor. I interpreted that as Fatherless. Did they say Tractor? I guess they did. Well, wait, when Goat Boy, when Goat Boy is 
crying in that bar to matches and he says i heard the rumor they used batman's dna to build a frankenstein monster yeah, yeah. i saw so that's not that killing i thought that was which, that's i thought that was a i thought that was a reference to the fatherless. big bane type fatherless batman. exactly that's fatherless yeah. okay yeah. and we saw him kill the guy in the, in the last issue wait wait the the bat the batman cop bane is fatherless. no 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 it's a reference to fatherless not the batman cop and fatherless yeah. is okay. the guy that bursts out of the whale stomach in Leviathan's right. And right. He's oh, okay. Hanging out with Talia okay. everywhere. Okay, I thought that was. I thought the guy that burst out was Tractor. Man, I'm but, bad at comics. But what we've heard is that that fatherless character somehow might have Batman's DNA in it. Is this the first time we've heard that, or is this just the first time that I think they hinted slowed at down it, enough to read it? I think Justin's right. It's a, it's a okay. thing that they've been hinting at, and that I we've we've mentioned a couple times on the podcast, but I've actually removed in an attempt to provide a oh. surprise for people who haven't finished this run yet. Um, oh, I'm sorry. No, I've spoiled it, not you. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. Anyway, I think it's a good catch, and I think that's a good seed that they plant there. Speaking of spoilers that I won't actually spoil or attempt not to spoil, but I read the next issue ahead, Ooh. and I have like a, a click that I don't think that it clicked back then that clicked in this next issue that is like a giant fucking click and makes the kind of re just reorganizes the thing in my brain, the whole run. And uh, I can't fucking wait to read it now. <laughs> I think it adds credibility to um, Morrison's knitting of threads. God. Hey, I love you guys. I've been here forever. Let's get out of here. Batman in quarantine, 60-something. I think 68, 67, 69. Nice, maybe. Who knows? Um, but uh, as always, I'm Jeff. Django. Roman. Leviathan Agent 264479. <laughs> if you want, I could cut the audio out of your original intro. Oh, yeah. Heaped it there. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Your original. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Get us at batmaninquarantine at gmail.com. We missed you all. Uh, we're going to wipe the dust off here, and then we're going to get back to finish this thing out. And then we're going to... Oh, I had another joke about what the funny issue-by-issue issue podcast that we would do after this was. And I forget it now. We'll figure it out. Until <laughs> then, see you all soon.